Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. I want to launch right into my subject matter today. And by the way, let me tell you what I'm not going to talk about this morning, although I, may, I do want to make an allusion to it. This big to-do that's being made about Stacey Abrams um, sitting in front of this classroom uh, of ch children all masked up without a mask on. And she, well, she's making all kinds of excuses. Um, and, and frankly, a big deal should be made of it. I don't mean to make light of that. A big deal should be made of it. But let me just summarize my comments about that in this way. Stacey Abrams is nothing but the sock puppet of George Soros. That's all. Stacey Abrams is just, she's just a big gob of nothing other than George Soros has got his hand in her back controlling her. She'll probably have to report to George about you know, why she made this mistake and allowing this to become such a big deal. Because after all, George is writing the millions of dollars of checks that's going into funding her that's made Stacey Abrams uh, a practically a household name. Yeah, she, he owns her. She is his slave. She is the slave of George Soros. And of course, he's assembled a bunch of other billionaires that are keeping her in the cash. Hey, so, so Stacey Abrams is a big, I want to say fat, but I don't mean to, I, I won't use that because people think I'm trying to make an allusion to her size and, I, and I, I, I'm not going to go there. But she is a big old nothing, a big zero. There's nothing there. Just the, just the, old, just the old leftist, Marxist, socialist, uh, George Soros puppet. That's all. So I, I really believe that the people of Georgia know exactly, and by the way, you black Christians shouldn't be supporting this woman. This woman is, is godless, horrible. She is a godless, vacuous, empty head filled with nothing but the, but the, the garbage, godless, uh, a, a secularist, atheist indoctrination of the left. That's all she represents. And Christians ought not, black Christians in Georgia ought to run from her like the plague. Because she is horrible, horrible for Georgia, horrible for the country, frankly. You know, all this stuff about Jim Crow 2.0. Well, see, I've already gone further than I wanted to go. So let me stop there. I'll come back. I, I will come back. Believe me, I will be coming back to Stacey Abrams, uh, rest assured. But this is what I want to get to today. I want to make sure my mic is positioned properly here. This is what I want to get to today. Eileen Gu is an American citizen, I guess born in California. She and her mother live in San Francisco. Um, uh, uh, one of her, her parents, I believe it's her mother, is Chinese. It's a Chinese national. And I think her father is an American um, you know, uh, of, of European ancestry. She, of course, abandoned the U.S. Olympic team and is now playing. She's an American citizen. She's now playing for the Chinese team. And she won a gold medal. Chinese athletes, even those, a couple, to, a couple of other Americans have gone over to the Chinese team. Uh, boy, I tell you what, that Chinese money is really buying up a bunch of, bunch of Americans, isn't it? Um, but she won the gold medal for the Chinese team. 
And so she and her mother are spending a lot of time in China and they're being wined and dined by Xi Jinping and all of that. And there's some question whether she has Chinese citizenship, whether they made an exception, because China does not allow dual citizenship. You have to be a citizen of China, citizen of China only. Um, and we Americans allow people to have dual citizenship. So some people are arguing that Xi Jinping may have secretly given her dual Chinese citizenship. So before I get into my broader point, let me, let me make this point. As far as I'm concerned, this woman is a traitor to our country. Let's just put it out there just for, just for the stark ugliness that it is. She's a traitor to our country. It's not like she's Jewish and decided to, to play for Israel as an honor to her Jewish heritage, uh, Israel being one of our closest allies and a democracy in the Middle East that we have very strong ties to. Um, it's not like she did that. I mean, I would have even questioned that, but, but, but at least, at least, in my view, it wouldn't be an act of betrayal, but I think if you're, if you're an American, you ought to play for America. But Chinese, China, the communist Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party that rules China is an enemy of the United States of America. You could soften that up and say adversary, but I would say an extreme adversary. I mean, they've got an army and they've got an arsenal of nuclear weapons and they've got the economic power now that they believe will one day supplant us. That's their goal. Their goal is hegemony over the world and their goal is for America to be under their control and under their influence, not vice versa. They are investing in our universities. We're not investing in theirs. Well, with one exception, which I'll get to momentarily one very big exception, because they won't allow it. But we've got their little Confucius institutes all over our country. We've got chairs that they purchased, the, 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 um, the, the Harvard uh, uh, School of, of Public Health has been renamed, given a, a new Chinese name because of all the money donated by uh, uh, some Chinese entrepreneurs. Uh, so they've changed the name of the Harvard School of Public Health. I forget, I think, it, I forget ex the exact name of it, but it's now, it bears a Chinese name now. And so and they're buying up our meat plants. They're buying up land in America. One congressman was, was trying to submit a bill. We don't, it's not going to go anywhere with Democrats because as far as I'm concerned, they're owned lock, stock, and barrel by the communist Chinese. Uh, but was trying to submit a bill to prevent China from buying land in the United States of America. They're buying land along our border. They buy land outside of our bases. We are being infiltrated by an enemy. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. So when this, this empty-headed woman, kid, teenager, decides to play for China, I'll tell you, I don't see any substantive difference now, some of you may think I'm going too far here, but, and that's okay. I don't see any substantive difference between an American deciding they're going to play for China and an American before World War II deciding that they were going to play for Nazi Germany. Well, Bishop, that's going too far. No, it's not. 
because Xi Jinping is very much the brutal dictatorial leader that Adolf Hitler was. And we know that he is committing genocide against the Uyghurs as we speak. We know that uh, Christians who do not follow the Chinese, the communist Chinese prescription for how a Christian ought to behave, which is they have a certain, they have, they have their own version that you can buy into and you'll be okay because then they can use you. But if you are part of the underground Chinese church of real sold out believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and they catch you, you will be arrested, you'll be imprisoned, you'll be tortured, and you might, depending on how much trouble you are, you might be killed. These people, uh, th these communist Chinese, their, their ruling uh, clique, Xi Jinping and others, are enemies of humanity in just the same way Hitler was an enemy of humanity. Of course, he was out to destroy the Jews and anybody else, by the way. I mean, virulently anti-Semitic, obviously, out to complete, co co commit genocide against the Jewish people, try to wipe them off the face of the earth. But of course, he was interested in wiping anybody away who didn't go along with his regime, who wasn't submitted to him. I mean, if Hitler had managed his, his quest to rule the world, every black person in the world would have been his slave because he thought that black people were inherently inferior and that the only thing they could do was be slaves. So if somebody had gone over and played for Adolf Hitler, that person would have been rightly seen as a traitor. As far as I'm concerned, any, any Olympian who decides to go over and play for Xi Jinping, because that's who they're playing for, is a traitor to the United States of America. And that's what she is, Eileen Gu. Remember that name, maybe the aptly named Gu. Um, she's apparently doing modeling, and I'm sure that the American media will just dote over her, and because they're, most of them are traitors to our country as well. She doesn't see herself as an American citizen. She sees herself as a citizen of the world, bringing people together. You got a lot of that in the left today. They have citizens of the world. Barack Obama, we're citizens of the world. No, when there's no such thing. You're a citizen of a nation state. Citizens of the world. You're an inhabitant of the world, that's true. But you're not a citizen of the world because there's no, there's no world governance. And people who use that language to me, are signaling that that's what they want. They want some kind of world governance that makes us all citizens of that world government. Oh, that'll bring us unity. Yeah, right. That'll bring us untold misery, murder, genocide, starvation, because that's exactly what the Antichrist is going to give us. Now, I won't be here. I'm believing that the Lord will catch the church out before he, before he appears. But nevertheless, whether you are pre-millennial or post-millennial or amillennial, one thing is for sure, those who are here when the Antichrist takes over are going to face hell on earth. But it'll, it'll be one world. Now, let me get to this broader point because I don't hate this woman. She's terribly misguided. 
Um, I do believe people like this are a threat to our national security because her prominence will allow her to get into circles of people who don't care about this. And she could very easily be committing acts of espionage for the communist Chinese in the years to come. I'm serious about that. I don't think that's far-fetched at all. Because I guarantee you there will be people who will give her access to all kinds of institutions. If you've got leftists in government, they invite, they invite her right into the Situation Room as an honored guest. I'm serious. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that whatsoever. I mean, Barack Obama had um, Beyonce and Jay-Z in the Situation Room. I wouldn't put them in the same class as this woman, but I certainly wouldn't consider them upstanding, patriotic American citizens who can be trusted with our national security secrets. Which, which brings me to the broader point I want to make here. Some of you heard me say this, <clears throat> and I want to reiterate it, because to me the point is getting ser more serious and, 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 and deeper as I observe what's going on in our country, this, this being uh, an example of it. I've said, we have a lot of people in our country who are legally American citizens, but they're not really Americans. And let me explain what I mean. I don't, I don't mean to in any way deny their legal citizenship in any way. I, I know they have legal rights just like you and I do. But what I'm saying is being an American is more than being a legal citizen. Being an American is a matter of, of, a, of a spiritual commitment as well. Um, it, is a, it is a commitment of, of loyalty. You know, I've said, uh, we have on our website, on Stan website, you can go check it out. We have a, a, an oath to the Constitution, a citizen's oath to the Constitution. And we, we put that out there because uh, people who join the military have to take an oath. People who serve in high uh, uh, positions in the government, state or federal or city, have to take an oath to the Constitution. But, but Americans who are born, and, and, and new citizens, naturalized citizens, have to take an oath to the Constitution. But people who are born American citizens do not. And I don't want us to have to take an oath to the Constitution of the United States. I don't want anybody forcing that on American citizens as if we're somehow all inherently potential traitors. However, however, I've said I wanted to make it possible for a citizen to voluntarily take the oath of citizenship, the oath to the Constitution, I should say, to be able to say, yeah, I've taken that oath too. And so we created a citizen oath. You go on our website, you'll find it there. Citizens oath to the Constitution of the United States of America. And I, I, there are a lot of people in our country who wouldn't take it because, frankly, they don't have any allegiance to our country. There are a lot of Americans who don't. They just don't. They don't like America. In fact, I dare say many of them hate America. They have no sense of loyalty to America. They have no sense of allegiance to America. And this is a result of our, our public school system, our colleges and universities, and many of our institutions that have really inculcated people in, in people a sense that it is not cool to love America. 
that somehow patriotism is racist, patriotism is xenophobic, patriotism is nationalist. There's something wrong with being a patriot. There's something wrong with loving your country, which is just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I mean, why wouldn't you love and care about the place where you live and the place where your family lives and the place where your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren are going to live? Why wouldn't you care about that? I mean, to me, it's, it's suicidal to want bad things for the place where you live and your family lives. But we've got a lot of people in our country, and most of them are on the left. I don't know. There may be some on the right. I'm not sure. I'm not talking about some of the only you know, these extremists that I don't have anything to do with and don't know anything about. But the left is inculcating in people a sense that America is fundamentally illegitimate and not deserving of our respect, our honor, or our love. Here's a perfect example of that. This girl thinks it's perfectly okay to play for the communist Chinese. But we've heard it in other ways, too. I mean, uh, Governor um, Andrew Cuomo famously said when Trump was running on the Make America Great Again slogan, it was never that great. And others have made similar kinds of comments that America's racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, uh, you name it, that we're, 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 in a, we're a nation of inherent unjust, injustice and, and, you know, we stole the land from the Native Americans, and like that concept has any validity. Uh, we, we built the country on slavery, which is a total fabrication. That's a, I mean, just a stupid lie. But of course, the lies of demagoguery are told because they work. And I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know one thing. There's going to have to be a broad resurgence of patriotism in America and a sense of love for country that brings us together again. You know, when Abraham Lincoln famously said, I think during his second inaugural address, knowing perhaps that the end of the Civil War was near, and he said, talking, looking ahead to um, knitting the country back together, he said, we all read the same Bible. We all pray to the same God. And then he goes on to say, you know, none of our prayers have been completely answered and so forth. I said, but you know what? We can't say that today. He could say that at that era in our history, and there might have been a small percentage of people who said, well, I'm an atheist or I don't read that Bible. But overwhelmingly, probably 99.9% of the American people say, yes, we do. In other words, Southerners were Christians. Northerners were Christians. Um, we had some Jews in the country as well but at least they were believers in the Bible and believers in the God of the Bible, which is what unites Christians and Jews. 
we all read the same Bible. We all pray to the same God. Not true any longer. The left has managed to undermine the Judeo-Christian homogeneity and unity of our country and fractionalize us with all of this tribalistic identity politics. I mean, you've got a bunch of people around the country who won't say the Pledge of Allegiance. It ends with one nation under God, indivisible, under God. They don't want that. They want that taken out. Now, even uh, that, of course, that those words were just added to the Pledge of Allegiance back in the early 1950s by, um, led by the, the effort led by Dwight Eisenhower. But at that time, you didn't have any objections by the American people. Oh, no, we can't put under God in there. What if the, if the, the Pledge of Allegiance didn't have that today and you attempted to put that in there today? There would be a hue and cry across the land like nothing we've ever heard before. You'd have Nancy Pelosi and, and, uh, and Chuck Schumer and, and a bunch of these leftists in Congress yelling and screaming about how you can't do that, that's offensive, and you're pu pushing that on people. I mean, look, you all probably know this. I talked about this in my sermon, the, the last three sermons, a series I preached called What Do You See? I started that series talking about the polls showing that many Americans believe that we're headed for a civil war. Well, Adam Kissing, Kinzinger, I keep wanting to say Kissinger, but Kinzinger recently said that um, he, that's what he thought we were headed. We were headed for a civil war. Now, he's not the first congressman to say that. So we now have people in it. And of course, Adam Kinzinger is a, is a basket case. He's on his way out, and he's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, was nothing but a rhino from the, in the, very, be from the very beginning, uh, a Republican in name only. But, but at any rate, he, he did say that, joining uh, a course of other people who believe that that may be where we're going, to a civil war. And it is not, I don't think anybody who's, who says that, and by the way, I don't believe that. I understand the sentiment perfectly because the divisions in our country are so wide and so deep that it's hard to fathom how they will ever be bridged. But I still don't believe that because I believe that God is giving this nation an awakening and that that awakening is going to sweep the nation to a whole new level, that we're going to have an American spiritual renaissance and we're going to come back to those Judeo-Christian values and principles that unite us across all racial and cultural lines and give us a vision for the future that puts God and family and, 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 and freedom at the center of our nation's culture. Faith, family, freedom at the center of our nation's culture. And all this other stuff that people are trying to bring in and trying to make this authentic America, trying to make, um, uh, make all these bizarre, sick, perverse ideas, authentic America are gonna be discarded. The majority of Americans are gonna say, nope, not having it, not interested. Not interested in critical race theory. And I'm talking about black Americans saying that too. Not interested in critical race theory not interested in a bogus 1619 project that's a bunch of garbage 
not interested in your little transgender and homosexual and ideology and having that taught to our children. Uh, not interested in your Marxist socialist worldview that wants to give everybody income and turn everybody into a slave of the state. No, thank you. Not interested. We will come back to constitutional government, a government of limited and enumerated powers. We will come back to individual liberty. We will come back to family as the central institution of our country. We will come back to faith in God and the notions of absolute truth that has stood us in good stead for a quarter of a millennium. We are coming back to that. That is how our country and our culture are going to be governed and characterized. That's it. That's all moving on. And I think we're going to see a lot of people on the left swept up into that because the spirit of God is, is moving already and is going to move in such a mighty way that people we don't even expect could ever come to our side as Christians are going to be on our side. They're going to get mightily saved and their lives are going to be completely turned around. They're going to become spokespeople for our point of view, a biblical worldview, which is the only thing that can save this country. I mean, if you have a civil war and hearts are not changed, what, 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 what good would that do? Wouldn't do any. I heard what, what, who was it? Uh, this guy, Ron Perlman, this actor, saying it's just time to have a separation. All you people who want Republicans to govern you, you be one country and all of us who don't want that will be another country because I don't want to live in your world and you don't want to live in mine. So let's go our separate ways. That's not what's going to, that's, it's not, that's not going to happen. We are one nation. So if he wants to go somewhere else, let him go somewhere else. It, it, let, let me let me add a little bit of, of history here, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up and come and come to the word that we want to discuss today. Um, this idea that there's going to be a race war is bogus. This is what the left that they they're trying to promote that the, the conservatives are racist and the war is going to be over race. No, no, it's going to be an ideological, if, if, if it were to happen, I should say, because it's not going to happen. But if it were to happen, the divide is ideological. It's not racial. It's not racial. It's, this, this is a division over ideas. And the people who have a set of ideas that are recently introduced into the world as well as into our country and want everybody to bow to those ideas are willing to go, it seems, to any length to force people to change ideas that have been held for thousands of years. And now if you don't change your ideas to meet their modern view, somehow you are the bad person. So for as long as there's been human history, Marriage has been a union between one man and one woman, not that polygamy has never been practiced or anything like that. We know it has. But still, Jesus said in the beginning, God made them male and female, therefore shall a man, one man, leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, one woman, and they too, not they, not they 15, they too shall become one flesh. Now those words were spoken by Jesus 2,000 years ago, and he was reflecting back to the beginning which goes back from a biblical perspective, at least another 4,000 years. But no, 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 
if you don't buy now that a marriage can be two men or two women, oh, oh, there, there's something, something's, something's wrong with you. If you don't make the break with biblical and human history that stretches back as far as we know, if you don't make the break with that, something's wrong with you. And the people who are telling you you must make the break, they're the wise ones. They're the, they're the good ones. They're the compassionate ones. And what they're full of is hatred and bigotry and anger and bitterness and, and sexual perversion and, and selfishness. And they're, they're just, you know, I got in trouble before I ran for lieutenant governor. This is the thing that they trotted out against me. But here I'm telling you that the people who are trying to inculcate our children with this mess, the people who are pushing this agenda are morally and spiritually and psychologically sick. And I'm not apologizing for saying that. They are. I've said before, what normal adult wants to tell a preschool child about some sexual mess? What normal adult wants to? Normal adults want to protect children's innocence. Normal adults want to nurture children so they can grow into healthy human beings and, 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 and make wise decisions when they become adults, not not start inculcating them with a bunch of sexual propaganda and pornographic pictures and illustrations when they're too young to know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, it's sick psychologically and morally and spiritually. That's, look, we're, we're in, a, in a sense, we're already in a cold civil war. It's never going to get hot, but we're already in a cold one. And that's, and the cold civil war is about ideas. Not about race. The left would like to make everybody think it is. But black parents stood up at these school board meetings and said, you are not going to inculcate my child with this mess. You are not going to teach my child that they might be a girl born in a boy's body or a boy going in a, born in a girl's body. And you are not going to teach my child you know, I saw mixed couples stand up and say, you are not going to, what, what, some of our children are darker skinned, some of our children are lighter skinned. What are you going to teach the darker skinned ones that they're the victims of the lighter skinned ones? No, you're not teaching my child that garbage. It's not about race. It's about righteousness. It's not about the skin. It's about the sin. So in that sense, we're already in a cold civil war between people who want to introduce and force us to accept postmodernism, a godless, atheist, secularist, Marxist, socialist, communist philosophy of life, and those who are holding fast to strict Judeo-Christian values and, and ideals that make for a healthy human being and a healthy society. That's the fault line. That's the dividing line. And all of you black Christians and all of you Hispanic Christians and all of you Asian Christians who find yourself members of the Democrat party better come on over to God's side. I say like Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Come unto me. because that's whose side I'm on. I'm ultimately not on the Republican side or the Democrat side or the conservative side or the liberal side. I'm on God's side. 
and the values that God has given me determine my allegiances. Not my skin color. But God, his word, his principles, his truth determine where I stand. And all you black Christians and Hispanic Christians and Asian Christians better get with the program. Or one day you're going to stand before God and give an account and your race, so-called, is not going to be an excuse. For you align yourself with a bunch of godless, demonic ideas and supporting a bunch of godless, demonic people. Now look, America is a divinely inspired and ordained nation. And the people who hate America hate God. They don't realize that that's the source of their hatred, but that's what it is. They hate America because they hate God. How could America be a godly nation? Look what we did. Oh, look. There is no perfect people. There is no perfect nation. We live in the context into which we have come and we are redeemed for God's purposes out of those contexts which can be painful and sinful and hurtful and harmful. But God redeems us so that we get better and better at living our lives to bring glory to him. I was born into a broken home, but I've been married for over 50 years. My background didn't determine my destiny. America was established in an era when slavery was common all over the world. Frankly, it still is common in some parts of the world, whether you know it or not. But America was born into that era. But the, but the, 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 the circumstances into which America was born do, don't determine our destiny as a nation. And I'm tired of hearing this reference back to slavery, 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 slavery. It's over. You can't undo it. It's done. For me, the question is, for my granddaughter soon to come, the question is, what about the future? What does America's future look like? That's the issue. And what about the legacy of all those godly people who fought for right, for right and fought for decency and fought for, for honor and fought for compassion? What about all those people? They're part of the American legacy too. What about them? What about that part of our heritage? What about the majestic words of the Declaration of Independence? Yeah, but Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner. Well, look, the Bible says of us as Christians that we were once children of perdition. But God's no longer holding that against us. And God has used us in spite of our faults and shortcomings and in spite of our past 
And you mean to tell me I'm supposed to hate my country because it's got some things in its past that people that are objectionable and that people want to use to sort of beat us all over the head as Americans? No, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Not when China is a slave nation now. Every, every person in China is a slave. Oh, no, China has freedom. No, they don't. You know when you know you have freedom? When you can go to the edges and cross over. I'm not talking about committing crime. I'm not talking about hurting people. And cross over and your government has nothing to say about it. So, yeah, you're free in China as long as you're upholding the, China, the, Communist, Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party. You try saying something against them and see how free you are. Americans can still speak against our government if we want to. We can say we don't like it. We can say we don't agree with it. Look, Americans can stand up and say, I don't like the Constitution. I don't agree with it. I'd like to see the Constitution change. You can say whatever you want to say. And the government can't come in and say, oh, you can't say that. That's illegal. But I can stand up and say, I think the Constitution is the most successful governing document in the history of mankind. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I took an oath to the Constitution. I support the Constitution. And I believe that the Constitution that kept us for an entire, almost an entire millennium will keep us for another one if Jesus tarries. Let's maintain it. Let's support it. Let's adhere to it. Let's honor it. Let's respect it. And let's respect it for what it actually says, not for what some pinhead Supreme Court justices want to make up that it says. I've got the freedom to say that. See, that, that's true freedom. And by the way, I defend that person's right to say, I don't like the Constitution. I'd like to see the Constitution ended. I'd like to see something different put in. I defend that person's right to say that. As long as they don't pick up a gun and point it at me and say, you people who believe in the Constitution have got to go. Now we got another matter. But as long as they're expressing an opinion, as long as they're expressing an idea, I don't care whether I like it or not. I defend their right to say it. That's freedom. You don't have freedom in China. You don't have freedom in most of Europe. You certainly don't have it in North Korea. You certainly don't have it in Vietnam. You don't have it in many countries in Africa. But you have it in America. And there are people who are trying to take it away from us. And I will defend America with my final breath, if that's what it takes. I will stand up for that Constitution and stand up with that, for that flag with my final breath. That's why I have no use. I don't hate the woman. I still love her with the love of Jesus Christ. And I even forgive her. But she is about as misguided as they come. And as far as I'm concerned, she is a potential threat to the national security of our country. And it's about time we as Americans got serious about defending our nation against these enemies within who don't care a whit about our country and would just as soon see our country overthrown or subjugated to communist China because they think they're better than we are. A bunch of murdering thugs and a bunch of communist dictatorial totalitarian tyrants. And yet people think that's that country is more deserving of allegiance than the United States of America. Give me a break. You know, I've said this before. I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to get to, to uh, First Thessalonians. I'll come back to it tomorrow. But I've said this before, and I used to say it tongue-in-cheek, but now I mean it very seriously. I really do. I wish that all the people who hate this country, like this girl, uh, Goo, just go, go renounce your American citizenship. Go live in China. 
just be done with it. We don't need you here. It took, it took somebody to win a, a gold medal for the Chinese. It took somebody raised and trained and invested in the United States of America who then defected in effect from an Olympic perspective, <laughs> if I may use that word. It took somebody like that to go over and win a gold medal for the Chinese. We don't need you. We'll raise up more Olympian gold medal winners. And we, with the awakening, I believe God is giving us this country. We'll raise up a, a Olympian uh, uh, gold medal winners who love America, who love our country, who love our people, and, and are, are proud to represent us in the Olympic Games. So my brothers and sisters, I just wish the people who don't love our country and don't think well of our country would just leave. I'm serious. I just... I mean, I, I, I would think they'd be happier somewhere else and the country would be better off without them. Just go. We don't, you know, I mean, bye. Let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. We won't miss you. I guarantee you about 99% of them would come back. <laughs> Many of them apologizing. I had one young man, I met him at a, we, our church was doing a car wash. And, uh, you know, it was a fundraiser. And we watching people's cars and taking donations and talking to people as they came through. So it was an opportunity for outreach too. And this young man came through and, and I was out there washing cars with, with my folks. And, and I don't know how we got on the discussion, but he had just come back from Iraq, I think. Might have been Afghanistan, but I'm pretty sure because that was years ago. Pretty, pretty sure it was Iraq. And he said to me, and here again, I don't know what prompted it. I don't know what maybe something I might have been wearing an American flag or or something that he saw. And he said, you know, he said I had no appreciation for this country. He said until I spent some time again, I think in Iraq. He said, and when I got back to America, he said I wanted to kiss the ground I walked on. He said, I have a whole new appreciation for what it means to be an American. I mean, it, 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 it just, I mean, it made me emotional hearing him say that because basically going to another country and seeing how other people in another part of the world live made him appreciate all the things about our country that he had been taking for granted. So I guarantee you a lot of these folks go live somewhere else. A lot of them will come back. Apologizing. But in the meantime, don't stay and ruin what we've got. Don't stay and continue. To, I just taught on Sunday how the Bible says, God said, don't use this proverb. The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, God said, the soul that sins shall die. I'm not holding the sins of the fathers against the sons. And you got people who want to hold it against us as Americans, what the things, atrocities done to the, to the, the Native Americans. And by the way, the Native Americans committed atrocities against the European settlers too. We don't, you don't want to hear, people don't want to hear that part of the story, but that's also part of the story because the Native Americans were sinners, just like many of those who came from Europe were sinners. 
and sinners were having it out. And in some cases, righteous people were defending their families against the atrocities by Native Americans against the settlers because the settlers had come. The Native Americans didn't own this land. I mean, what, what is wrong with people with this? The, the, it was their land. It wasn't their land. They were fighting each other over the land. It was open territory. There was no governance. There were no courts of law. There was no ownership deeds. There was no, I mean, give me a break. And the whole, the, 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 the boundaries of the entire world at that point were being determined by conquest. Whoever had the most power to take over a given uh, 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 landmass took it. And whoever make, could make the highest use of it had the most ability to defend themselves, kept it. And that's how today's modern boundaries were ultimately formed. I mean, come on. I'm not saying it's good or right, but it's the way it is. It's history. I mean, nobody sat down in the room and said, well, we got the whole world. How can we peacefully divide it all up? You know, act like somehow the, uh, the European settlers were some, the, these, these unique monsters who came here and took the land from the Native Americans. I mean, the British came, the Spanish came, the French came. Had George Washington and the Patriots not won the Revolutionary War, this continent could have ended up being controlled in part by Spain, in part by France, in part by Germany, in part, I mean, who knows? I believe in the midst of all of that chaos, God had a plan. And the plan was for a nation that would more reflect the kingdom of God than any other nation that's ever existed with the exception of Israel. And that it would be made up of people from all over the world, all come together, not around racial classification, but around ideas, principles that we all hold in common to pursue a common destiny of freedom and prosperity and hope and faith. Well, I, I, I think I've said all that I need to say. I, I'm out of time anyway. Uh, here again, I don't hate this woman, Eileen Gu. I don't respect her, but I don't hate her. I pray for her because she needs a revelation. She is being used as a useful idiot by a bunch of communist thugs, and it's a shame. But she needs to go over there and stay there as far as I'm concerned. Don't come back. And anybody who thinks that they can find someplace better, someplace that they are more enamored of, that they love more, that they think is, is, is a more just a world to live in, go. See ya. And wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> I'm staying right here. I am an American, thankful for it, glad for it, grateful to God for it, and proud of it. So God bless each and every one of you. I got to go. But look, we're going to keep standing up for this country. We're not going to fight each other with bullets and bombs. We're going to win this cultural battle with ideas and truth and courage and determination and the faith of Almighty God to cause nations to turn toward him. And that's what we pray and are praying for God to do with America. And I'm telling you, he is doing it right now. And we've just seen the beginning. We've seen, we've seen the beginning of the tsunami, but you know, a tsunami doesn't begin with a, 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 a hundred foot wave. 
a tsunami begins with just a little wave in the water. But as it moves, it grows. And I tell you what, I really believe that we are at the beginning phases of a tsunami of awakening in this nation that is going to change America so fundamentally back to those principles, those ideals that made us the greatest nation on earth. That is what I'm calling a spiritual renaissance. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.